This episode of the 501st Cast is dedicated to Scott Cajunwolf Smith, IC 42167, of the 501st Legion's Bast Alpha Garrison, who passed away on October 5th. His costuming interests spanned membership in several communities, including the 501st Legion, Starfleet USS Avenger, and the Rebel Legion. Scott's genuine smile, eagerness to help others, and the general joy that followed him at events illustrates how good things can come in small packages. It is with great pride that we now enter Scott's name into the 501st's Hall of Eternal Legionnaires. We found the computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial Network. You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned for global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's fist celebrate more than a decade of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. And here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that. Welcome to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Vader's Fist. This is episode 86 for October 2014, and I'm your host, Scott, SL9854. And this is Nikki, DZ8397. Hello again, Nikki. Hi. Well, the 501st Legion is currently at 7,040 members with 12,184 approved costumes in the Legion. That number just keeps on growing. In this episode, we celebrate reading, visits to children's hospitals, doing math with JJ, and a travel to comic cons in New York, Moscow, and Idaho. So stay tuned. Recent news. For any of our 501st Legion members listening, hopefully by now you've all completed your annual census, which is due October 31st. You can utilize the handy form at 501st.com slash memberdb, or you can talk directly with your garrison or outpost membership liaison and they can fill out the form for you. One way or another, be sure to get yourself counted or risk being marked reserve come November 1st. And once marked reserve, you will simply need to attend a 501st event in your 501st approved costume, and then you can be returned to active duty. If you have any questions or problems getting onto the main forums in order to complete your census, please contact your unit's membership liaison or email info at 501st.com. Don't forget to fill out the census, people. Yeah, it's really not all that difficult. Probably by the time you're listening to this, though, you know, it'll already have passed. But usually most units give people a grace period. Um, Yeah, it's not that harsh. Yeah, ultimately, it it needs to be done before uh, elections. So Exactly, exactly. Well, earlier this month, um, October 14th to be exact, Scott, TD4857 of Terra Australia Garrison, hit a milestone on his walk around Australia. On day 200, he crossed over the border from Western Australia into the Northern Territory. And uh, we have a little blurb of the video log from the day. Australia Day 200 marks a monumental day, 200 days of this. I'm now crossing into leaving Western Australia. Thank you, Western Australia. It's been great. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to the change and the change of scenery. So congratulations, Scott. As always, to donate to his cause, you can go to https 
colon forward slash forward slash give dot dot com forward slash au forward slash Scott underscore MCH. Well, that's a mouthful. So we'll have a link in our show notes to that address as well. So I've been seeing that there's this new, I guess, not quite a podcast, not quite a online TV show, but it's, I guess, <laughs> uh, this new thing called the Comlink. And uh, right. they've, it was uh, David Collins is uh, the, the host of it, and he's already had some amazing guests on it. It looks like I see right on their Facebook page the uh, chiseled chin of Sam Witwer there <laughs> right. is uh, right on his Facebook page. So um, I haven't gotten a chance to actually watch any of them yet, but, but you did, right? Yeah, I, I actually it was kind of uh, interesting because sort of almost out of the blue, I was contacted by uh, David. Actually, it was JC who is the producer of the show, and uh, one of our members, Rourke Jer, who and I'm sorry if I say your name wrong, Rourke, but uh, th- they contacted me because they wanted to uh, have the 501st sort of be represented on the show. It's all about Star Wars and Star Wars news, and and like you said, they've they've interviewed uh, you know Sam Witwer and uh, James Arnold Taylor was one of their first guests. Uh, Kevin Smith has been on there, and uh, they wanted to talk about uh, the 501st Legion and and you know how much we uh, affect the Star Wars universe and our charity and fundraising and things like that. So I had a chance to meet David, and at the time I actually have to be honest. I didn't realize that he's an honorary member. So in conversation that came up and I said, well, listen, I'm going to do an interview for your show. You have to come do one for mine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? So uh, not only did I have a chance to kind of kind of sit behind the scenes, I was actually there when they interviewed James Arnold Taylor and I got to see wh- what the whole show was about. Uh, I also uh, did a, an interview for them. And then I had a chance to sit with David and do a whole sort of conversation about what is the show and things. So we have uh, that interview available to us to listen to tonight. Awesome. This is an exclusive 501st Cast interview. Hey, listeners. So uh, I have the uh, pleasure of having David W. Collins, uh, honorary member, joining us uh, on the show this week. So uh, welcome, David. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on the show. No, no. So glad that we could, uh, you know, get in touch and uh, have you join us. It's It's been a while, I think, since uh, some of us have had a chance to talk to you. Uh, I know I was looking up and saw that you were uh, inducted as an honorary member back in August of 2012, but I'm not sure if uh, if some of our members, uh, you know, kind of know what the induction was all about or, or what you'd done, you know, in the Star Wars universe. So I thought we'd talk about that for a minute. Sure. Yeah, that's great. And and I think that 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 normally that re- largely happened because of um, the Florida Garrison and and Norm Tomlinson and those guys. Um, because of my exposure at Celebration. So, I mean, I guess the short answer is that I worked at LucasArts and uh, Lucasfilm for almost 12 years, Um, worked on uh, probably just dozens of Star Wars video games as a sound designer, voice director, voice actor, um, wrote some music, all all kinds of stuff. And around 2007, I started hosting Star Wars Celebration. So I'm one of the Star Wars Celebration hosts. I've actually done, it's going to be, I think, my sixth one. I'm, I'm the host of the digital stage at Celebration Anaheim. Uh, I did Celebration in 2012 and in uh, 2010, and I did Celebration Germany. And my first one was Celebration 4 back in 2007. So wow. I've been a Star Wars Celebration host since since uh, 2007. Um, it'll be my eighth year as a Celebration host next year. 
And that's awesome, and, and that's why it, it's so. Uh, it makes me so happy to be able to, you know, get in touch and and see what you've been up to since that time, and and also to talk about some of the new stuff that you're doing. Uh, I know that you know you're working on uh, this great new. Uh, what do you call it? A vodcast? I say video podcast. Uh, I just call, but we just call it a show. <laughs> like we just call it the show. We just call it a show. I mean, we don't know what to call it, like a, a YouTube show. You know? Yeah. Uh, no, but it's it's awesome. The Comlink, right? The Comlink. Yes, the Comlink, and, and um, it was uh, something that came out of, well, there's a lot of things that have been happening in the Star Wars community. I mean, here we are on a podcast, and, right. and um, there are a lot of great Star Wars podcasts, and, and, I, and I think that, um, you know, I have a podcast. I do Star Wars Oxygen, the music of John Williams, which is a show that I, that I host every month uh, with Jimmy Mack for Rebel Force Radio, and uh, that's just such a fun experience. But one one of the things that I've learned in doing the podcast, you know, um, both the Forcecast and then Rebel Force Radio with those guys is that when you love something so much that you you can talk about it for hours, um, a podcast is a perfect uh, platform for this kind of passion because we live in such a yeah. fast food news culture, you know, yeah. uh, uh, click hole and BuzzFeed and all this kind of stuff where, you know, you know, best this, whatever, you won't believe what, what they said next, you know, all that stuff that shows up in your Facebook feed. Well, a podcast is a great space to actually dive deeper. That's what being a, uh, a, you know, being geeking out about something is, is it's taking it a level farther than other people do. Just like the 501st. I love this so much. I want to build it. I want to, I want to see the reaction of kids faces, everything that uh, you said in, in your interview on the com link, which we should talk about in a second, you know, and, about the reaction that you get out of kids, you know. Right, right. Uh, well, that's that's the key. Yeah. So in the video space, there's been very little, and I think it's because it's just really hard to pull off. I, I certainly wouldn't have been able to do it, but um, J.C. Reifenberg is the director and producer of the show, and um, we had been talking about doing a documentary together about Star Wars. I came back from Celebration Europe uh, last summer and was just so pumped to do something. I mean, we were. We were a year away from Star Wars Rebels, two years away from uh, from uh, uh, Episode 7, and right. we just wanted to do something. And so we started working and shooting this documentary and pitched it to Lucasfilm, and it didn't quite surface, but some of the things that came out of it was that, that JC said, you know, I've always wanted to do a video cast about Star Wars, like a vlog or a, or a, or a web show, because he actually right. is Kevin Smith, director Kevin Smith's camera guy. Oh, okay, okay. And he's, you know, he's producing. He's actually a producer on his on his last couple of movies. He, you know, worked right. on Tusk. He's working on his new movie, Yoga Hosers, and he's and he's uh, constantly doing video stuff for um, behind the scenes and uh, uh, Jay and Silent Bob. I actually mixed a bunch of Jay and Silent, Jay and Silent Bob for JC after we met um, through Kyle Newman. We did a documentary together. Anyway, it's a long story, but J JC has all the cameras. He's got the set, he's got the green screen and he's got the know-how. I write the music and, and, uh, do the post, but really I get to do the easy part, which is just what I always do at celebration is show up and talk. And, and um, well, I, I have to say too, just really quickly is that, you know, it's one thing to sit down and do a podcast and, you know, hook up a mic and some kind of recording software or whatever. And, you know, talk your brains out for a couple of hours with people that have like-minded things. But I was really impressed 
at uh, the setup on the Comlink and walking in and seeing it was like a professional studio. And to have to do that on a regular basis to create a weekly show, I mean, kudos to you guys. It's just, it's amazing. And the show is a, a great deal of fun to, to watch and listen to as well. So really great stuff. Oh, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. And I, I really have to give a lot of credit uh, to, to JC and of course oh, Rourke. Yeah. Rourke, yeah. um, and uh, Rourke Dreher, who's our our, uh, our producer as well, and and very proud 501st member. That's his that's his armor on the set. Um, yep. <clears throat> you know he he works really hard and provided, of course, a lot of those props on on the set. And and JC built that set over Fourth of July weekend um, with his girlfriend, and 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 they just worked really hard on it. We shot a pilot over the summer. Um, in this uh, club that someone let us borrow in Hollywood because we didn't have a space to shoot in L.A. Um, right. Even that weekend when we shot your your interview, that, that was my wife's place of work that we took over for the weekend. <laughs> now we're actually, I'm proud to say, we've graduated to actually having a, a soundproof uh, soundstage. You have a home. In Burbank. <laughs> we now have a home in Burbank where we can shoot every week, but even a, a month ago we didn't have that. But... but um, yeah, just having something on on you know where you can talk about Star Wars freely, but in the video space, and yeah, it's short form, but we do long form, long form Star Wars talk as well. And I, I think it's just an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan. And and um, I can't believe that no one else has has done it. But sometimes when you like you said, Scott, when you walk into that set and you just see, you know, the three cameras set up and all the lights and the set and the sound and everything, it's a ton of work and it takes a certain crew. And that's why we're just very lucky. Having worked on some documentaries and and uh, Jay and Silent Bob stuff together, that JC and I just thought, yeah. well, let's let's use this muscle for Star Wars. Right. Well, you can see the dedication. I mean, even when you watch the shows, and yeah, you know what? They are short form, but they're they're extremely well done. They're a lot of fun. They're informative. The interviews are great. I'm really excited to see the people that you guys have been talking to. I am uh, extremely proud and honored uh, to have uh, been one of your interviewees. Yes. Uh, which uh, you know will be coming up to to just talk about the 501st and what we do and things. So you know, I don't want to talk too much about it now, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it was great because yeah, we wanted to. It was something that came up right away. I mean, the 501st is 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 a first in fandom, I think, in general, where you actually have the fan community running a lot of and influencing, I should say, greatly influencing um, what happens in the Star Wars universe. Um, yeah. You know, and that's that's kind of what I, that inspires the show. And you're seeing that with the Star Wars fan base in general, like like I was mentioning Jimmy's uh, podcast, this podcast you know, where, where the fan community really just takes on its own culture and just says, you know what, this is ours, too. And and um, right. and uh, and then and Lucasfilm embracing it is just an incredible, an incredible thing to to have where you have got you have the creators and then the fans and then the fans become the creators. You know, it's just it's yeah. this wonderful circle, you know, and yeah. that's kind of what this show is about, the Comlink. And we were so thr- thrilled to have you on as a guest. And one of the things that I wanted to say on on your show this week was that this coming episode, the one right after Sam Witwer's Halloween episode, uh, does feature an interview with you, and we talk a lot about the 501st, and we're yeah. basically turning it into a 501st episode. Ah, that's terrific. Because it's, 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 such a, it's such a big club, it's such an influential club, it's such an important um, you know, uh, high, high point in the history of Star Wars fandom in terms of kind of turning a corner and look, there are a lot of clubs, and they're all amazing. Sure. You know, the Rebel Legion and the Droid Builders and of Mandalorian course. Mercs. Like I, I kind of think of it all as, 
as as kind of the same phenomenon, you know, um, right, with right. with a different flavor in the galaxy, you know. But the idea of of these clubs coming up, where um, you know, the it, it builds this tremendous sense of community, um, which has been such a, an enriching thing in my life. Um, actually, to, just to get personal, I met my wife at Celebration. Did you? Yeah, you know, I I, um, I was working at Lucasfilm. She was working at Reed. And uh, my wife, Lauren, and we met in 2010 and we just really hit it off and ended up, you know, going to the Hoth Ice Bar and then going to Disney World. And, you know, she was living in New York at the time and I was living in San Francisco. And then we both ended up moving to L.A. for jobs. And, you know, fast forward four and a half years, you know, a little over four and a half years later, we're married. You know, it's 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 amazing, and I, I have to say, just being to I, my first celebration was Celebration Four, and I was not a member. That was my first experience, kind of coming back into the Star Wars universe. And it's so funny because when we just started talking tonight, you were talking about you know all the video games and kind of that culture of people that are out there. And you know, I got into Star Wars again because of silly games like X Wing versus Tie Fighter, silly. and I just yeah. I couldn't get in. That. Well, I just saw they're re-releasing them as digital releases. I'm like, and. Per- you know because i just love that and then to go to these celebrations and you meet these people and you you make some amazing friendships and again celebration or not the 501st is such an extraordinary uh organization of like-minded people that i've never experienced anything like it in my life and i'm so just excited and proud to be a member and i talk about it whenever i can I talk about the fundraising, the charity, what we do, the costumes, you know, everything there is because I just I think it's one of the most phenomenal uh organizations there are. And I'm not tooting like, oh, it's only the five oh first. I love the fact that we work together with the Mandalorian Mercs and the Rebel Legion and the Saber Guilds and all the different clubs that are out there uh as one giant Star Wars community. So you're hundred percent right. It's just like and I could go on about it for hours and hours, which is the crazy thing. There's just something amazing about the consistency of positive energy generation that happens with this, within the Star Wars fan community that, for the most part, you get just a lot of wonderful, intelligent, thoughtful people that all are, gravitate towards the same franchise. I mean, there really right. is something to that. I, I don't think it's just, you know, well, I, you know, I just hang out with the cool ones. I think they're, they're all cool. Like, everyone yeah. is just so... I don't know, just so uh, genuine, and um, yeah. I've never had a bad experience with a Star Wars fan ever, right. ever. And I, you know, I mean, right. we all are, we're all different, and you know, we're all quirky in our own ways. And certainly, I've come across a lot of quirkiness, and I have my own. But, but I've just never had a bad experience. I've, I've only had positive experiences, and um, it just, it's just a wonderful community to be a part of. And you can't say that for everything that people that you can be a fan of out there. Right. And it's it's very true. And I mean, there are a lot of other positive organizations for sure, but I've never experienced anything like it before. And I've said this on other podcasts and with other people, uh, the same exact thing, that the experience and the positive energy that come from it are just really astounding. What we do with these costumes while we're in them and what we do for kids and families alike, you just there's nothing like it. There's just nothing like it. Yeah, it's true. And so, you know, for, for me to be uh, made an honorary member of the 501st a few years ago was kind of, it just felt like this, this acceptance into that, into that world. 
No, it's fantastic, and I'm I'm just thrilled that you know we had a chance to get together to talk about the comlink, to for me to be on the comlink, to invite you to come and and talk about it here, uh, for our members to you know be reintroduced to you for anyone who doesn't know you, uh, and uh, you know just um, it's just such great stuff all the way around. Well, thanks so much, Scott. Yeah. You know, next week um, the comlink goes up. It goes up every Friday for people who haven't had a chance to check it out. Um, we've had some great guests, uh, James Arnold Taylor. Um, we've had Sam Whitwer, uh, director Kevin Smith. Of course, it's on Kevin Smith's YouTube channel, C Smith. Right. And uh, Matt Lanter, voice of Anakin Skywalker. And yep. guest number five is you. Huzzah! Huzzah. <laughs> Scott Allen. Yeah, we're talking about Uh-oh. the 501st. So um, you can find us at the underscore comlink on Twitter, at, at the comlink on Twitter or uh, Facebook.com. You know, the comlink, comlink, check it out and um, hopefully get a bunch of 501st people to watch the show. We, are working on uh, building the show so we can keep it going into the future, you know, to try and grow it and get more viewers and more uh, Facebook likes. So if you've seen the show and you like it, um, help us get the word out. We really appreciate it. And we're dedicating the whole next episode to the 501st. That's so awesome. And we'll be sure to have links in our show notes on the podcast as well. So people can just go and click the link and find you guys. And uh, it's a really great show, honestly. So I really enjoy watching it. And I'm sure to watch the next episode, too. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, no. Thank you so much, David. It's a real pleasure. All right. And uh, congrats on your interview next week, because I already know it's going to be awesome. (laughs) Thank you. So there you have it. Now we know that the comlink is a show, not a vlog. <laughs> we were just wanting to make up our own terms here. So yeah. I know, right? But, yeah, yeah, so I have some catching up to do, apparently. Yeah, there's a couple of good episodes, and uh, they had a, they they had some really good stuff to talk about. And you know, it's nice because they always do sort of they keep it pretty short and sweet, which is great. But then they usually have sort of an extended. Uh, you know, interview that you can watch online. And like you heard him say in the interview, too, this next episode on Friday is basically going to be all about the 501st. So, uh, you know, they're hoping to get a lot of good information from us, not just a, a little interview from yours truly, but some photos and things to share. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what they have to show. Excellent. Yeah. And of course, we'll have a link in our show notes to all the lovely places he talked about, David talked about, you know, so you can catch him on Twitter and Facebook and be sure to check him out. Definitely. Standby alert. Death Star approaching. Estimated time to firing range 15 minutes. So Sky Deutschland, the German pay TV group, is giving Star Wars fans an early Christmas present. All Sky subscribers in Germany and Austria will have access to 24 hours of Star Wars programming from December 1st through the 14th. Now, sadly, in spite of its holiday timing, there's little chance they'll get the official airing of the Star Wars holiday special. Aww. Uh, yeah, I know. You know, and that's a favorite among most Star Wars fans. <laughs> Well, Sky Star Wars will screen Star Wars feature films on a loop starting with the 1999's The Phantom Menace through 1983's The Return of the Jedi. In between the films, the channel will air 20 different behind-the-scenes featurettes on the making of all six movies created over the years, as well as two Star Wars documentaries from any winner Kevin Burns, uh, Empire of Dreams, the story of the story of Star Wars trilogy, and Star Wars the legacy revealed. We'll have a link to the full article in our show notes. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it should be fun actually, right? 
It would be even cooler, though, if they had, like, all, like, period commercials in between. <laughs> Actually, it would be fun to see all the original, like, trailers. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what all the different um, featurettes are going to be, but that sounds pretty neat. Too bad I don't live in Germany or Austria. <laughs> Is it on the Blu-ray? The- <laughs> Maybe. So there's a new book that was released last month titled How Star Wars Conquered the Universe, written by Chris Taylor. It discusses the past, present, and future of the franchise and features at least one chapter on the 501st Legion. So we'll have a link in our show notes to an article about the book as well as um, an interview with New England Garrison member Bob, BH1171. He's interviewed by the New Hampshire Public Radio, and they discuss his various costume builds that he's done over the years for 501st Legion costumes and how he was part of the team that built Jabba that now resides at Rancho Obi-Wan. So check out the link in our show notes as well as a link where you can purchase Chris Taylor's book. And uh, I haven't gotten a copy of it myself yet, but I, but I know there's at least one chapter on us, so obviously, because... Oh, awesomeness. We are definitely part of how Star Wars has conquered the universe, I think. How Star Wars and the Final First Legion conquered the <laughs> universe. <laughs> oh, well, we can dare to dream. Yeah. <laughs> I think I actually did see an article on that uh, posted recently, and it was the section about the 501st, so it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure you saw the story floating around on the interwebs about... Cody, an eighth grader who converted his assigned algebra problem into a word problem filled with Star Wars references. And here's what he came up with, so hopefully you have your slide rule ready. The problem is, J.J. Abrams is making a Star Wars Episode 7. He rented three speeder bikes, which was 700 Imperial credits to start. He must pay 100 Imperial credits to keep the speeder bikes daily. If he does not pay daily, Prince Zizor and the other Black Sun members will kidnap J.J. Abrams, bring him to Mustafar, and sacrifice him. J.J. Abrams is also paying five bounty hunters to keep Separatist spies out. That costs 200 Imperial credits to start, then 50 Imperial credits for each bounty hunter every time they capture a spy. The Separatists send two spies every day. In how many days does J.J. Abrams spend the same amount of Imperial credits on speeders and bounty hunters. Yeah. Well, what makes this crazy little story even cooler uh, is that J.J. Abrams personally solved Cody's problem, mailed him a copy with the answers, and fired back a question of his own as follows. Dear Cody, it took me a while, but the answer is 2.5 days. However, if I needed to hire a passage to the Alderaan system at a rate of 17,000 credits a day and had to travel 12 parsecs at a velocity of 1,500 times the speed of light, how much would this trip cost me? This, I think, is the real issue here. All the best, J.J. Abrams. <laughs> so, isn't that awesome? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, we tried to solve the problem ourselves, and I've heard some murmurings that J.J. got the answer wrong. <gasps> what? Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. Anyway, be sure to chime in on the show notes and comments and our Facebook page or tweet us and let us know what answer you come up with, because we want to know that J.J. got it right or wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know math is way over my head, so I'll have to send this one to my uh, mathematician husband and see what he comes up with. I got right after the he rented three speeder bikes. I was gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He what? <laughs> yeah, at first I'm you... like, 
What, what? He's giving us all this information about how much Imperial credits everything costs, but the answer is days? I'm, I'm just lost. Yeah, and there was nothing in there about how fast the speeder bikes were going, so <laughs> how many miles. That's the kind of stuff I remember. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, let us leave us a Facebook page comment or, uh, or our new Twitter, which I haven't really explored yet, but we just have Twitter now. All right. Tweet us with that and let us know if you tried to solve the problem, too, and what you came up with. <laughs> so speaking of things related to Star Wars Episode Seven, I was reading another tidbit on the Internet where Oscar Isaac, who is currently filming in Episode Seven, I'm not sure what character. It doesn't really say yet. Um, but anyways, he was interviewed as saying that everyone's enjoying making the movie, something he credits director J.J. Abrams with. There's a lot of enthusiasm on the set, and it's being done with a lot of heart. There's nothing cynical about the way we're doing this, he explained. Even in the way J.J.'s shooting it, he's shooting on film and actually building the sets. So you've got hundreds of stormtroopers or whatever and hundreds of extras and all the ships. You actually see it. It's all real. Now, did you catch that part where he says hundreds of stormtroopers? I mean, of course he adds in the whatever afterwards. So maybe he wasn't talking about stormtroopers, but still, what does this mean? Ah, it's so exciting just to listen to it. I don't want to see photos or anything. I really don't. I really want to be surprised. I'm not, you know, shooting anybody down if they post stuff on Facebook. I'm just not going to like you anymore. Uh, but I, I would just want to be so surprised. But I'm so excited to hear that they're really just, you know, building sets and casting extras. And it's not going to be a, a zillion, you know, CGI, uh, you know, troopers of some type. Yeah, absolutely. At least from the sounds of it. So it really sounds great. So I'll have to see. I haven't right. heard any murmurings like from our UK garrison that, you know, they're all excited about filming. So maybe he <laughs> said stormtroopers, but it really means something else. Right. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a new article about the Lucas Museum of Narrative Arts that came out earliest month in the uh, Chicago Tribune. Take a listen to this segment of an interview with George Lucas, where he talks a little bit about the type of things you can look forward to seeing in the museum. For the first time, Star Wars mastermind George Lucas talks about his upcoming Chicago museum. It will rise in a parking lot along the lakefront. I've been collecting art um, ever since I was in college. A comfortable George Lucas explained that he wanted to share his love of art with the world and thought the perfect venue was a museum. Uh, I realized that there really was no showcase for this sort of work. And why Chicago? I happened to be married to a woman who was born and raised in Chicago. Lucas made no apology for the influence of his wife, businesswoman Melanie Hobson, but he admitted his first choice was his hometown of San Francisco. However, the city by the bay wouldn't let him build his dream in a park. I don't want a museum that's in the middle of a, a, a shopping mall. I want one that's in the middle of a park. I want something that's sort of avant-garde. Is it going to be Star Wars-like? It's not a square box. Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's, not, it's, it's very, uh, conforms to the land in a kind of way. Yeah. Feels, feels like an organic thing. Who's going to pay for this for thing? <laughs> I'm paying for the whole thing and the endowment and everything. Yeah. So. You can afford a museum? Yeah, I can. <laughs> well, that's exciting stuff. We'll have a link to a full article in our show notes. I know it's probably not as good news for you, but I know I'm happier that it's in Chicago than San Francisco so that maybe I can actually make it to visit to it at one day because I can drive to Chicago. But Yeah, yeah, blah-de-blah-blah. Blah. 
I know. We can't have all the good stuff here. Exactly. <laughs> I, know they were... I do have Rancho Obi-Wan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's another place that I'd like to visit, hopefully while I'm out there for uh, Celebration Anaheim. Yeah. Um, but in this uh, interview, George Lucas also talks about you know, how his disappointment basically with um, San Francisco and how he explained to them um, what his vision was for the museum and how he wanted to make it basically the whole structure on the outside was going to be iconic as much as the stuff that was going to be exhibited on the inside. And right. uh, basically San Francisco wasn't interested in having any more iconic buildings, I guess, in their city. They wanted it to basically look like a box and apparently they weren't even really happy with the plans. And so the whole thing obviously got scrapped. And then uh, when they talked to Chicago, um, he describes it as they were okay with his idea. So I don't know if they were totally on board with an, you know, an iconic, um, unique building either, but, but they knew probably right. it would be best just not to argue with Mr. Lucas and <laughs> go ahead with his idea. Right. Well, I'm sure no matter where it ended up, it was, it's going to be something that's going to be fascinating for people to want to see. So, you know, I hope at some point to be able to travel to Chicago and see it myself once it opens. Yeah, definitely. Hey there, listeners of the 501st cast. David Collins here, sound designer and voice actor for all your favorite Star Wars video games. Just want to say thank you so much for all the work you do in the 501st, and I'm so honored to be an honorary member of the organization. I love all the work that you do. Heck, I had, I had troopers at my wedding, and uh, I can't wait to see you all at future Star Wars events, including Star Wars Celebration Anaheim in 2015. Mission Reports. Over 45 characters from Great Lakes Garrison and Great Lakes Base converged on Comerica Park in Detroit, Michigan on September 13th for their fourth annual Star Wars Night. They were greeted by a sellout crowd as the Detroit Tigers took on their divisional rival, the Cleveland Indians. Legion members took part in a march around the field and posed and shook hands with Star Wars fans, both young and old. During the first pitch ceremonies, John, BH13579, as Boba Fett, threw out the first pitch to relief pitcher Jabba, I mean, Joba Chamberlain. Sorry, Mr. Chamberlain, we couldn't resist. Scott will be pleased to know that the pitch came in across the plate. Aren't you happy, Scott? <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> of course, he was dressed as, as Boba, but... Yeah, see, he had it easy. Yeah, he still did the Legion and the Garrison Proud. So we'll have a link to their group pitcher in our show notes, and thanks to Kevin, DZ52105, for that report. Okay, now, really quickly, did I tell you... One of our members also tried this thing where they, they rigged a baseball with a fishing line and someone was holding the fishing line at the plate. So the idea is that Vader would throw it and then use the force to kind of just push the ball along the line, but it would look like it was floating towards the plate. Oh, how did that work? Really? Well, really good idea, I suppose. The problem was when the ball kind of got stuck halfway and Vader had to kind of throw his arm up and throw his arm up to kind of <laughs> bounce it down. I was like, maybe that didn't come out so well, but I liked the idea. So A for effort. <laughs> you need to like grease the wire next time, I guess. All right. I'm hoping to get some video or something to that that I can eventually post up. So uh, I'll let you know, but it was it was pretty funny stuff. <laughs> I always like to hear about these, you know, obviously, since I'm so bad at it. <laughs> Alrighty then. A couple episodes ago, we talked about how Rancho Obi-Wan was hosting its second annual fundraising gala. Well, 
That took place back on September 20th, and as we reported, all of those who attended had a rather large host presiding over the event. <laughs> That's right, the mighty Jabba himself, who traveled by, well, truck, sadly, not a skiff, <laughs> from, the New York, uh, from the New England garrison out to Rancho Obi-Wan. We'll have links to parts one and two of the articles on StarWars.com that wrap up the event, so go check them out in our show notes. A few of our units had special plans for September 27th. They were invited to appear at premiere pre-screenings of the Star Wars Rebels special Spark of a Rebellion. Empire City Garrison members Anthony, TK10666, and Ray, TK4452, attended the premiere at the AMC Village 7 Theater in New York City. They were there from about 9.30 to noon, and their role was to greet attendees in the theater lobby and take photos with them. They also helped announce the winners of a raffle that the event staff ran. They presented the winnings, which were Star Wars toys, naturally, to the children that won just before the screening began. ECG members had a lot of fun, and both the attendees and Lucasfilm event staff were very appreciative of their presence. Then Great Lakes Garrison, Great Lakes Base, and the R2 Builders Club attended their Rebels premiere at MJR Theater in Troy, Michigan. They had 10 costumers on hand to greet the guests and pose for pictures. The event consisted of Star Wars Rebels giveaways and a balloon artist creating balloon lightsabers for the kids. Guests were also treated to an appearance by R2-D2 and C110P, a.k.a. Chopper. The kids were all smiles at seeing the Star Wars characters and were even more happy about the screening of Star Wars Rebels. So I'll have a link to a group photo from that event in our show notes. Thanks to Anthony, TK10666, and Kevin, DZ52105, for those two reports. Well, I don't have anything official uh, written up that I can tell you, but we did have a great event here in Southern California uh, as well for the, uh, the Star Wars Rebels screenings. Uh, there was an event at the AMC in Century City, and turned out there was quite a few people that uh, made it out to that event. I think all of the cast was there, uh, so we got to see the usual uh, people. Dave Filoni came by, Vanessa Marshall was there, uh, you know, the different actors were there. There were quite a few, actually, celebrities that walked through with their own children to attend uh, the event as well. And then we had a couple of our members who made the actual um what are they, ATDP mm-hmm. uh, driver, you know, the, uh, the uh, what are they called? Oh, my gosh. I've just I don't been know if calling they have an official them, designation. I've been calling them, what you ever you just said, <laughs> the ADDPs, yeah. but I think there's actually yeah. a different name for them now. Yeah, I, I, uh, how sad is it that I can't think of the name of it? But anyway, <clears throat> so we had, uh, we had our first couple of members show up in those costumes, which everyone was, of course, very happy about, and Chopper was there as well. That little guy gets around. <laughs> What an awesome little droid that is. Uh, and there were a number of people who attended in different costumes. In fact, we had a, a, a family that showed up in the uh, Star Wars Rebels costumes that looked really awesome. So try to have a few pictures, perhaps, uh, and, and links to the show notes as well from the, uh, the Southern California premiere. Cool. Yeah, I remember you talking about that um, last episode, how you were going to have like the whole red carpet shebang thing. Yeah, it was, it was pretty fun stuff. Cool. Eleven members of our Costa Rica outpost participated for the first time in the Anna Ross Breast Cancer Walk on October 5th. It was a five-kilometer march, so some members opted for alternate footwear so they could complete the walk with fewer blisters. They marched not only with a pink ribbon, but also with a black one in memory of Ricardo, SL1845's mother, who passed away just a week before the walk. We'll have a link to a photo from this event in our show notes, and thanks to Louis, TC3758, for that report. 
And I guess Outpost Venezuela also participated for the first time in a breast cancer event. Theirs was on October 19th. They had the honor of helping turn on the pink illumination for the monument in Altamira Square in Caracas. How fantastical. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Well, also, Empire City Garrison uh, attended a walk on October 5th, a Walk Now for Autism walk in Wonton, New York. Four members arrived by uh, 8.30 a.m. and trooped until just afternoon. It was a great event as usual. They took tons of photos, handed out citations, and had a great time. The crowd was very large. The weather was brisk but nice. Uh, And they raised over $1 million at this year's event for autism research and awareness. There were over 40,000 walkers. ECG were all very proud to be a part of it. While they also uh, made a brief appearance on the PIX11 local news that evening. So we'll have a link to a photo from that interview in the show notes, along with a few other photos from one of the uh, events in our notes. Thanks to Chris, TK6744, for that report. Uh, Empire City Garrison, with support from Garrison Carita and Northeast Remnant Garrison, attended the Bandai Star Wars Battle Pod arcade game press conference in New York City on Wednesday, October 8th. This was an official Lucasfilm request in which specific characters, Darth Vader and four stormtroopers, were requested. The press conference was held at the Marquis on 10th Avenue, New York City, and only lasted for about 20 minutes. Top staff members from Bandai and key individuals to the game's development were on hand and participated in the event. The press conference had a very impressive setup inside the hall. The visual setup was a stage with three of the video game units on it and a big screen above them which played trailers for the game periodically throughout the event. There are also smoke machines and sound effects used to enhance the game's announcement. So Legion's role was small but still made uh, quite an impact. At the end of the press conference, there was an announcement of a special stage of the game called Vader's Revenge. This is a stage where you get to play Darth Vader himself. So during the announcement, the Imperial March was played over the PA system, and of course the 501st walked onto the stage to create a true Imperial presence in the room. They were met with a room full of applause and flashing cameras by the media and press. And then their role concluded with photo ops with the press conference attendees and Bandai staff. Then next, they were bussed over to Dave and Buster's at Times Square, where the game was available to the public for the first time. I'm curious if they were bussed over in their armor or if they had time to change. I'm like trying to right? picture that's them. Always the, that's always a tricky one. How well do they sit? <laughs> well, but by the time they got there, then they spent two hours doing photo ops with all the Dave and Buster's customers. Legion members were provided with breakfast, lunch, and dinner and had a representative from Lucasfilm on hand the entire day to assist them. We'll have links to photos and news articles from this event in our show notes. And thanks to Anthony, TK10666, for that report. Nicely done. The third annual Star Wars Reads Day was on October 11th, and here's a couple of mission reports from some of our garrisons. Once again, Imperial and Rebel forces, due to lack of gainful employment in the battle for control of the galaxy, resorted to entertaining the Imperial citizens of Fayetteville, North Carolina sector. As usual, Obi-Wan Kenobi showed up pretending he was Mr. Popular, and then everyone knows it's all about the dark side. Why? Well, because they're so awesome. That's why. In fact, that was the most repeated comment of the day from all the citizens. You guys are awesome! Of course, Vader replied again and again with the customary response, We know. 
Anyway, Vader, along with his favorite royal guards and the most loyal gunner in the history of the Death Star, made their imperial presence well-known. Obi-Wan could do nothing but watch, knowing deep down inside that he wished he'd turn to the dark side when he had the chance. No cookies for you, Obi-Wan. He did, however, recommend a delicious strawberry shake at the end of his tour of duty. But still, in the end, all Jedi must be destroyed. Except for Vader's son, Luke, of course. He is needed to cut Dad's grass and take out the trash. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, for Garrison Excelsior, we had six different events across upstate New York. We visited a school on Friday during their assembly, a library, and four different Barnes & Noble locations. My personal favorite that I attended was the Arundacoit Public Library. The librarian there came up with some of the coolest activities for kids that I really loved. For example, lightsaber training. They gave the kid a foam pool noodle, which we've seen before at other events. But then they turned on a bubble machine and had these huge bubbles come out that you would use as like the practice drones, you know, that Luke practices. I want one of those. It was perfect because like nobody could get hurt. It was just foam noodles and bubbles. It was perfect. Another one that they had were um, these little paper asteroids and TIE fighters that were on strings dangling from the ceiling. And then you had to take your paper plane X-wing and try to shoot it through the maze of stuff (laughs) hanging from the ceiling and, like, not hit any of the obstacles. I thought that was so cool. And then after you get after you completed all these different activities, and there was like a dozen stations, um, you would get this puzzle piece. And then you take your puzzle piece, and depending on what side of paper you flipped it on, you could either assemble an imperial cog or a rebel bird, which I thought was pretty neat too. So it was it was awesome. And then they had a snack table that had like uh, Yoda, like the typical things like Yoda soda and Wookiee cookies. Um, But then they also had like cheese balls that were like thermal detonators and like some other things that I hadn't seen before. So that was all fun. Yeah, I like it. Very creative. For Empire City Garrison, they attended a Star Wars Reads Day celebration at Half Hollow Hills Community Library in Dix Hills, New York. The event was actually a week later on Saturday, October 18th, which really worked out well for ECG as they were busy with the New York Comic Con on the actual Star Wars Reads Day. But it didn't seem to work out uh, well for attendance as only a handful of kids signed up. However, the dynamic duo of Ron, SL5928, and Chris, TK6744, still had a great time interacting with the staff, other library guests, and some of the high school students from nearby Dix Hills High School, who had just completed their SATs. They took photos with everyone they could and, of course, handed out citations. The library had a great setup for the event, and they were very excited to have the 501st appear. In fact, they sent this in their thank you note. Thank you so much for visiting the library today. I know our group was small, but they loved you guys. I hope we get to work with you again in the future. Some of my coworkers and I are discussing organizing a library comic con sometime midsummer, and a big event like that I know you guys would be able to be a big hit. Thank you once again. You made a lot of patrons and staff very happy today. You guys are awesome. Again, they're awesome. Yeah. I love hearing that, see? Well, Ron also attended the Star Wars Reads Day at the Huntington Public Library later on the same afternoon. There were about 20 children at that event with some parents and librarians wearing costumes. The library had craft stations for the kids as well as games and trivia questions. We'll have links to both the events uh, uh, in our show notes. All right. 
Our uh, United Kingdom garrison, they were invited to provide some imperial presence at the prestigious red carpet Star Wars Golden Brickies Award ceremony at the Legoland Windsor Resort. They were joined by their frenemies, the Rebel Legion UK, and it was the first ever Oscar-style awards for the best Star Wars-themed builds and photos created by fans. The winners were presented with a C-3PO Oscar, plus a year's supply of LEGO Star Wars goodies, and a Legoland Windsor Resort annual pass for a family of four. I was curious what exactly they determined was a year's supply of Lego Star Wars goodies because I know my son can like right? put together a set like each day. So <laughs> what does that mean? Exactly. Uh, if J.J. Abrams had a year's supply of <laughs> Legos goodies and three speeders that he rented going 200 miles an hour, no wait, <laughs> I don't know. So the the Golden Brickies Award categories were the best picture. You can create a Lego Star Wars inspired photograph using your collection. The best mini movie. Uh, the fan could either create a Lego Star Wars movie blooper or their own alternate ending to an existing movie. The best set build, a Lego Star Wars inspired build, um, or an overall Lego Star Wars Golden Brickies winner for best content creation. And the entries were actually judged by this expert panel, which included Warwick Davis, the uh, Jedi James Burns, who is a Star Wars collector, fanatic, and writer. Eloise Curtis, Lego Star Wars brand manager. And Maloon Simpson, age five, who is apparently Lego Star Wars' biggest fan. <laughs> I believe <laughs> So we'll have a couple links to photos from this event in our show notes, so go check them out. It's a lot of fun. Wow, that does sound like fun. Love those Legos. Definitely. Well... The record-breaking New York Comic Con was this past October 9th through 12th. I believe I actually heard that the attendance surpassed San Diego Comic Con, though we'll have to verify some numbers and get J.J. Abrams involved with the math, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> the ever-present Empire City Garrison held a march through the con during the afternoon uh, after Saturday of the show. The march started in the hallway of the North Tower at about 2.30 p.m. and ended an hour and a half later on the second floor above the Batman exhibit. Leading the march were TIE pilots Anthony and Nick, who led the pack of Imperials through the New York Comic Con crowds, with raises flagged, followed by our favorite Sith Lords, Ron as Vader and Rodrigo as the Emperor. Uh, behind were the Stormtroopers, Biker Scouts, Tusken Raiders, Clone Troopers, which were followed by other Star Wars customers and future Legion recruits. There were four pre-planned stops along the march for photo ops. At each stop, it appeared the entire con froze and concentrated all of their attention to the 501st, which, of course, <laughs> as it should be. There was uh, rapid-fire photo taking for the entire 10 to 15 minutes of each stop. By all accounts, Legion members provided a very fun and exciting moment in the name of the 501st at an event that was already full of many exciting moments. A special thanks to Walter, SL21213, for clearing the path for his ECG uh, gear and waving the 501st flag ahead of the pack to let the con goers know the Legion was coming through. He timed each stop and guided the entire march perfectly. We'll have a link uh, to photos from one of the stops when the group encountered a fierce Ewok in our show notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, also during the New York Comic Con, Empire City Garrison hosted a Blaster Trooper to a great success. They raised more than $1,700 for Make-A-Wish, and the booth was only open two hours each day. Lucasfilm staff even stopped by on Friday to take some photos of the Blaster Range. So we'll have a link to photos from when the Rebels ambushed the Troopers in our show notes. 
And uh, during Sunday at the con, Empire City Garrison's Chris, TK6744, supported the Star Wars SMS audio booth single-handedly by posing for photos, handing out citations, and attracting people to the booth, where they were selling a new line of Star Wars-themed premium headphones. It was definitely a long and grueling day taking photos with literally thousands of guests over a seven-and-a-half-hour period, but the staff treated him extremely well, offering him breaks, drinks, and snacks, and fortunately most of which he had to decline so that he could avoid suiting down to head to the little trooper's room, but it was still nice of them to offer. It was certainly a marathon of sorts, with non-stop photos throughout the day, but Chris felt it was worth it to be part of the excitement and to bring smiles to countless fans. And it was also a great opportunity to spread word about the 501st Legion and his garrisons. Uh, Since New York Comic Con didn't provide the 501st Legion with a table, only a two-hour block each day to do Blast Trooper. And although Blast Trooper was well attended and did well for Make-A-Wish, it left the 501st with no real home base in order to give out cards, answer questions, all the typical... PR stuff that we usually do. Now, Chris alone had over two dozen people come up to him at the booth and ask him about the costume, ask if he was 501st, and request more information about the group. So thankfully, the SMS audio staff was gracious enough to let him put out some cards and brochures so that he could more easily point people in the right direction for information. The staff was very appreciative and said they had vastly more traffic to the booth on Sunday than on Saturday when they had no support at the booth. And, well, duh. I mean, who's going to come to a booth with a stormtrooper or not? You know, I think I'd stop if there's a stormtrooper. Well, anyways, we'll have a link to one of the photos from the booth in our show notes. And thanks to Anthony, TI10666, Candice, TB2891, and Chris, TK6744, for all those reports from New York Comic Con. That does it. We're going to start mounting video screens in the TK's backplates. <laughs> <laughs> no booth. Ha-ha. There you go. <laughs> Synchronized videos. Our own little, <laughs> like, 501st commercial channel. <laughs> exactly. We can just line up against one wall, backs facing out, and turn on the 501st. <laughs> Be like tele-troopers, tele-tubby troopers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, as we talked about in the last episode, Dubac Ridge Garrison had one of their signature events recently, the International Balloon Fiesta in Albuquerque. Well, way back in 2007, when they were Mountain Garrison's Dubac Ridge squad, they had the honor of helping Benoit, TK2054 of Fanwars Garrison, show off the Darth Vader balloon to the world at the Albuquerque International Balloon Fiesta. Now, eight years later... Dubac Ridge Garrison, alongside compatriots from the Mountain Garrison, were proud to help Benoit unveil, for the first time ever, his brand new balloon. Guess who it is? Mm, not so sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, horrible impersonation. Master Yoda, yes, our little green friend, has joined the Dark Lord to fly the Albuquerque skies. And if you haven't seen photos from this event already, check out the links in our show notes because they're pretty awesome. Thanks to Robert, TB4692, for that report. I've heard they've already started uh, booking the next appearances. So we, we can also put a link to um, the Darth Vader Balloons Facebook page. I think Master Yoda's kind of sharing it for him for now. I don't know if he's going to get his own. but Are they going to mount lightsabers on the balloons so they can battle in the sky? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, but... So very exciting, and it was, from what I understand, it was a surprise to even the international, you know, festival itself 
they weren't even quite sure until he was inflated what the new balloon was going to be. I don't think we guessed it last show. I know we were talking about, oh, it's probably the Death Star or R2-D2 or, you know, something like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember, know. Did we say Yoda? I, I, I think – I thought somebody did. I don't know. We'll have to go back and listen to our own show and – Right. And see which one of us is a genius. <laughs> I know. I'd, I don't think I guessed Yoda. I thought that would be a little sure too weird with the ears. I was hoping right? for R2. I, I remember that much. <laughs> but anyways, still exciting. Yeah. It's been a while, obviously, since 2007 when uh, Vader first came out. I remember seeing the first pictures of that when it came out, and I was absolutely fascinated that they could do that. I mean, I've seen, you know, the giant Macy's Day balloons and things like that, so I know they can do different shapes, but not like a, a hot air balloon that people ride in. So I thought the Vader thing was awesome. Mm-hmm. So I, I actually haven't seen the Yoda head. I'm going to have to check out our own show notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cincinnati held its fifth annual Comic Expo at the Duke Energy Center, October 19th through 21st. Members of Ohio Garrison were there for the fans and brought along their speeder bike, do-back, and brand-new detention cell block, where fans could pay $5 to have a friend or family member locked up for up to five minutes, or the prisoner themselves could pay to get out. All money made was donated to charity, and they raised $618 for children with ASD. There were actually three different Boba Fett actors at the show, Daniel Logan, Dickie Beer, and John Morton. So we'll have a link to a group photo with them and Legion members in our show notes. Thanks to Steve, TK51500, for that report. Fun, fun, fun. Uh, Two members of Empire City Garrison attended the second annual Kids for Kyle Cystic Fibrosis Fall Fundraiser Festival on Sunday, October 19th. It was a great family-oriented event with games, activities, contests, giveaways, prizes, I mean, you name it, raffles, auctions, vendors, football bake sale. Oh, I said football. It's food. (laughs) Although a football bake sale might be kind of fun. Uh, Anyway, music and much, much more. The money raised went directly to the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation. Lord Vader and his trooper had a great time interacting with the kids, some of whom were playing in a charity baseball game. They had one group of kids who asked them just tons of questions and insisted they were the bad guys. But they stayed in character and instructed them that the rebels were in fact the bad guys and that they should join the Empire, which of course is the truth. <laughs> Legion members posed for photos with everyone, including a few good shots with the teams, plus they handed out citations to both the kids and adults alike. We'll have a link to a Facebook photo album in our show notes. And thanks to Chris, TK6744, for that report. At the beginning of October, our Russian outpost had their main event of the year, the first ever Russian Comic Con. They've dreamed about such an event for years, and thanks to Disney Russia, who invited them to be part of the official Star Wars booth, it came true. They mustered nearly every Russian 501st and Rebel Legion trooper, as well as cadets and supporters. Plus, they were even joined by friends from Nordic Garrison and UK Garrison. Russian Outpost staff worked closely with Disney staff and Mary Franklin from Lucasfilm on the schedule and helped them with the booth design and setup. We had an outstanding prop area with a speeder bike and Endor bunker. Andrew, TK25007, actually provided Disney with various action figures and collectibles so that they could make a nice display of Star Wars merchandise. For four days, Outpost members worked hard at the booth, bringing life to awesome props and exhibits made by Disney. During the convention, they organized a 501st Bash, which was dedicated to Russian Outpost's second birthday. Their anniversary was technically a couple weeks later on October 19th, but they decided to celebrate when all of them would be in the same place, and they had the opportunity to invite Mary Franklin to their party. 
they had an awesome evening hanging out with each other and enjoying a big cake featuring their Outpost logo, accompanied by a bunch of little small Rebel Legion cupcakes as well. To honor Mary and the members from UK Nordic Garrison's first time in Russia, the Outpost prepared some nice gifts for them. And I saw photos and Mary looked exceptionally pleased with her FET helmet that was painted like a Russian national ornament. There was also a special guest during the last day of the con, Misha Collins from the Supernatural series and the brain behind the Gishwez scavenger hunt that I get to help out with each year. He visited the booth to take a photo with all the troopers and, of course, sit on the speeder bike prop. So we'll have a link to a photo from this troop in our show notes. And thanks to Kerr, TB11100, for that report. And to touch on Russian Outpost anniversary again, we're all very proud to have seen them grow from one to seven members these past two years. They trooped at more than 30 events in Russia alone, plus travel to troop with neighboring units. And with the help of their rebel friends, they've raised, raised nearly 200,000 rubles, or $5,000 for charity. So congratulations, happy anniversary, and great work to our Russian Outpost. Huzzah! On October 17th and 18th, Timberland Garrison was deployed to Boise, Idaho to occupy the first-ever Tree City Comic Con. At the con, 501st Legion members partnered with the local Rebel Legion base to run a photo booth benefiting Make-A-Wish in Idaho. 501st Legion honorary members in attendance were Mark Dodson, who learned to never coin-check an elevator full of 501st members, <laughs> Felix Silla, and Jim Cummings. At the end of the event, they raised $1,200 for Make-A-Wish. A visiting trooper from Alpine Garrison, Adam, TX2943, who was a magnet trooper, even made it into the Idaho Statesman with an article and photo. It helped capture a special uh, moment between he and a young boy who is autistic, uh, and with Star Wars and My Little Pony being the two of his favorite things in life. Having a son on the spectrum as well, Adam knew that many autistic children are very tactile and like to touch and feel textures, so he extended his arms and let Connor feel all the different areas and textures of the armor. Fortunately, it was at that moment the newspaper photographer happened by and immediately started taking photos. Connor's mother was in tears that the trooper was so understanding and accommodating of her son's uniqueness, but for TX2943, it was simply another example of why he troops. So, really, great work, Adam. We'll have a link uh, to a full gallery of the pictures in our show notes. Last weekend, October 18th and 19th, Belgian Garrison, which covers the northern territory of Belgium, attended the FAX convention in Ghent. They were joined by their brothers and sisters from several other Star Wars fan groups, including Belgium's Fan Wars Garrison, R2 Builders Club, Rebel Legion, and more. FAX stands for Fantasy Anime Comics Toys and Sci-Fi, and has grown over a period of 20 years from a small garage meeting to an internationally known convention that people from all over Europe travel to every third weekend of October. For the first time in over 10 years, Belgian Garrison hosted its own booth, which also fe featured the Galactic Academy at this convention. Usually they share a booth, but this time... They had their own, but then they also kind of shared it with the Galactic Academy. So there's lots of young ones, some of them dressed in Star Wars costumes, who stopped by the booth to get more information about joining the Galactic Academy. There's also lots of people who got information about the 501st Legion, not only about how to join, but more importantly, information about the 501st mission and our love for charity work. A lot of people that came to get some of the information were pleasantly surprised when told of the Legion's charity work. 
Also, the anti-bullying poster, which was a Dutch translation of Legion PR officer Brian's handshake poster. Hopefully, we can maybe get a link to what that looks like in our show notes. That was on display at their booth, and that attracted a lot of attention as well. There was even some teachers that came up asking if they could have a copy of that to put in their classrooms. Another eye-catcher at the booth was a tall st- uh, Stormtrooper action figure card backdrop, which was dedicated to Legion founder TK-210, which gave visitors the opportunity to take a picture in front of and pretend that they were a Stormtrooper who was the founder of the 501st. Over the two days of the convention, they organized four prize drawings of a large Darth Vader statue, plus they had smaller prizes for those numbers who were called second and third during each drawing. We'll have a link to a photo gallery in our show notes that shows the happy winners and some other photos from the booth and convention. Well, and if facts wasn't enough to keep them busy, on Saturday of the convention, they deployed two members to appear at the grand opening of a new Lego store called Brick Planet. The store owners widely promoted their grand opening in the local media and also informed the public about the presence of the 501st Legion. In fact, the local newspaper had a 10% discount voucher, only valid on Saturday. Combine this with the fact that the Lego is still a well-known toy brand in Europe and around the world, and you have a recipe for success. All of these factors attracted a lot of people to the opening. Many were positively surprised by the presence of costume Star Wars characters, as the name 501st Legion is not really that well known to the general public yet. The store owners allowed them to distribute flyers about the 501st Legion and Galactic Academy, as well as the garrison business cards. At the end of the event, the store owners graciously donated almost $400 worth of Legos for charity. The Belgian garrison will present these Lego sets to Princess Elizabeth Children's Hospital uh, for the children there. We'll have a link to photos from this event in our show notes as well. And thanks to Dimitri, TR3464, for both of those reports. And now, I don't know if you could hear the uh, the construction of the Death Star in the background during that last event. So I want to thank the Death Star construction crew, a.k.a. my wife in the kitchen, for uh, adding to the atmosphere of that event reading. And speaking of children's hospitals, four members of Empire City Garrison visited the children's wing of Stony Brook University Hospital on Long Island, New York, for about an hour on Sunday, October 26th. They visited a number of rooms in the children's wing, taking photos with the kids and their families. They brought over two dozen books donated by DK Books, Scholastic, and the Science Fiction Book Club and handed them out to the kids, along with some trading cards. Plus, they left some extra books in the playroom. They then took photos with the staff who were excited and appreciative of their visit. It was an incredibly profound and rewarding experience for all of the Legion members who attended, and they were proud to bring smiles to kids' faces who were going through a tough time. We'll have a link to one photo from the visit in our show notes. And thanks to Chris, TK6744, for that report. Hi, this is Jay Thompson, director of Heart of an Empire, and you're listening to the 501st Cast. This episode's shout-out goes to Thomas Gardner, TK5940, who won Trooper of the Month for June 2014. There were two nominees for June, Thomas Gardner of Carolina Garrison and Jody McQuarters of the Midwest Garrison. Both troopers have been instrumental in long-term planning of major events within their units, and it's this kind of behind-the-scenes construction and organization that enables their fellow members to show up and have a great time. So we want to thank both Tom and Jody for 
all of their service to their fellow troopers, and we send our congratulations to Tom, who officially took the honor for June 2014's 501st Legion Trooper of the Month. As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com forward slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of Legion news while driving, at the office, or working out. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as The 501st Legion, or go to facebook.com forward slash the 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter at at 501st Legion, or go to twitter.com slash 501st Legion. Join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping, Star Wars, and charity. The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it is Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming group. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright 2014, Lucasfilm Limited, in trademark, all rights reserved, used under authorization.